Random Knowledge, Episode 7, Benjamin Morel. Benjamin Morel was an American sea captain, explorer and trader who made a number of voyages, mainly to the Atlantic, the Southern Ocean and the Pacific Islands. In a ghost-written memoir, a narrative of four voyages, which describes his seagoing life between 1823 and 1832, Morel included numerous claims of discovery and achievement, many of which have been disputed by geographers and historians, and in some cases have been proved false. He ended his career as a fugitive, having wrecked his ship and misappropriated parts of the salvaged cargo. Morel had an eventful early career, running away to sea at the age of 17 and being twice captured and imprisoned by the British during the War of 1812. He subsequently sailed before the mast for several years before being appointed as chief mate, and later as captain, of the New York Sealer Wasp. In 1823 he took Wasp for an extended voyage into subantarctic waters, and on his return made unsubstantiated claims to have traveled beyond 70 degrees south and to have sighted new coastlines in the area now known as the Weddell Sea. His subsequent voyages mainly centered on the Pacific, where he attempted to develop trading relations with the indigenous populations. Although Morel wrote of the enormous potential wealth to be obtained from the Pacific trade, his endeavors were, in the main, commercially unprofitable. Despite his reputation among his contemporaries for untruth and fantasy, Morel has been defended by some later commentators who, while questioning his general reliability, maintain that not all his life was fraud and exaggeration. They believe that aside from the bombast and boastful tone of the account that carries his name, there is evidence that he carried out useful work, such as discovery of large-scale guano deposits which led to the development of a full-scale industry. He is believed to have died in 1838 or 1839, in Mozambique, there is, however, evidence to suggest that this death might have been staged, and that he lived on in exile, possibly in South America. Early life and career Morell was born at Rye, in Westchester County, New York, on July 5, 1795. He grew up in Stonington, Connecticut, where his father, also named Benjamin, was employed as a shipbuilder. Morell, after minimal schooling, ran away to sea at the age of 17 without taking leave of any member of my family, or intimating my purpose to a single soul. During the War of 1812, which broke out while he was at sea, he was twice captured by the British. On his first voyage his ship, carrying a cargo of flour, was intercepted off St. John's, Newfoundland, and Morel was detained for eight months. His second voyage landed him in Dartmoor Prison, England, for two years. After his release Morel continued his seafaring career, Sailing before the mast as an ordinary seaman since his lack of education prevented him advancing to officer rank. A sympathetic captain, Josiah Macy, taught him what he needed to know to qualify as an officer, and in 1821 he was appointed chief mate on the Sealer Wasp, under Captain Robert Johnson. Wasp was bound for the South Shetland Islands, which had been discovered three years earlier by the British Captain William Smith. Morell, who had evidently heard stories of these islands, was keen to go there. On the ensuing voyage he was involved in a series of remarkable adventures, which included a narrow escape from drowning, then being lost at sea in a small boat during a gale that swept him fifty nautical miles from the ship, and leading efforts to extricate Wasp when she became trapped in the ice. On the day following his return to New York, Morell was appointed captain of Wasp, while Johnson took over the schooner Henry. The two ships were jointly commissioned to return to the South Seas for sealing, trading and exploration, and, to ascertain the practicality, under favorable circumstances, of penetrating to the South Pole.
Four voyages. First voyage. South Seas and Pacific Ocean. Wasp and Henry sailed from New York on June 21, 1822, and remained together as far as the Falkland Islands. They then separated, Wasp traveling east in search of sealing grounds. Morell's account of the next few months of the voyage, in Antarctic and subantarctic waters, is controversial. His claims of distances, latitudes and discoveries have been challenged as inaccurate or impossible, giving substance to his reputation among his contemporaries for untruth, and leading to much criticism by later writers. Antarctic Waters. Morell's journal indicates that Wasp reached South Georgia on November 20, and then sailed eastwards towards the isolated Bouvet Island, which lies approximately midway between southern Africa and the Antarctic continent and is known as the world's remotest island. It had been discovered in 1739 by the French navigator Jean-Baptiste Charles Bouvet de Lozier, but his plotting of its position was inaccurate. Captain James Cook, in 1772, had been unable to find it and had assumed its non-existence. It had not been seen again until 1808, when the British sealing captains James Lindsay and Thomas Hopper reached it and recorded its correct position, though they were unable to land. Morell, by his own account, found the island without difficulty, with improbable ease, in the words of historian William Mills, before landing and hunting seals there. In his subsequent lengthy description, Morell does not mention the island's most obvious physical feature, its permanent ice cover. This has caused some commentators to doubt whether he actually visited the island. After leaving Bouvet Island, Wasp continued eastward, reaching the Kerguelen Islands on December 31, 1822, where she remained for 11 days. The voyage then evidently continued to the south and east until February 1, 1823, when Morell records his position as 65 degrees 52, s, 118 degrees 27, e. Here, Morell says he took advantage of an 11-knot breeze and turned the ship, to begin a passage westward. Apart from one undated position at 69 degrees 11, s, 48 degrees 15, e, Morell's journal is silent until February 23, when he records crossing the Greenwich Meridian. Historians have doubted whether such a long passage from 118 degrees east, about 3,500 nautical miles, could have been made so quickly in ice-strewn waters and against the prevailing winds. Although some writers, including former Royal Navy navigator Rupert Gould, have argued that Morell's claims as to speed and distance are plausible, Morell's undated interim latitude was later shown to be well inside the Antarctic mainland territory of Enderby Land. Gould, writing in 1928 before the continental boundaries of this sector of Antarctica were known, based his support for Morell on the premise that Enderby Land was an island with a sea channel south of it. He added, if at some future date Enderby Land is found to form part of the Antarctic continent, Morell's most inveterate champions will, perforce, have to throw up the sponge. According to Morell, Wasp reached the South Sandwich Islands on February 28. His presence there is corroborated by his descriptions of the harbor on Thule Island, confirmed by the early 20th century expeditions. In the next phase of the voyage Morell records that he took Wasp southwards in, the sea being remarkably clear of ice, reached a latitude of 70 degrees 14, s before turning north on March 14 as fuel for the ship's stoves was running out. This journey, if Morell's account is true, made him the first American sea captain to penetrate the Antarctic Circle. He believed, he says, that but for this deficiency he could have made a glorious advance directly to the South Pole, or to 85 degrees without the least doubt. Some credence to his claimed southern latitude is provided by James Weddell's voyage on a similar track, 
a month earlier, which reached 74 degrees 15 s before retreating. The words used by Weddell to express his belief that the South Pole lay in open water are replicated by Morell, whose account was written nine years after the event. Thus it is suggested by geographer Paul Simpson Housley that Morell may have plagiarized Weddell's experiences, since Weddell's account had been published in 1827. New South Greenland. Morell's account describes how on the day after turning north from his southernmost point, a large tract of land was sighted in the region of 67 degrees 52 in, 44 degrees 11, w. Morell refers to this land as, New South Greenland, and records that during the next few days WASP explored more than 300 nautical miles off coast. Morell provided vivid descriptions of the land's features, with observations of its abundant wildlife. No such land exists. Other appearances of land at or near this bearing, reported during the 1842 expedition of Sir James Clark Ross, have likewise proved imaginary. In 1917 the British explorer William Spears Bruce wrote that the existence of land in this area, should not be rejected until absolutely disproved. By this time both Wilhelm Filchner and Ernest Shackleton, in their respective icebound ships, had drifted close to the plotted positions of New South Greenland and reported no sign of it. It has been suggested that what Morell saw was actually the eastern coast of the Antarctic Peninsula, some 400 nautical miles further west from his sighting. This would require a navigational error of at least 10 degrees, and a complete revision of Morell's timeline after leaving the South Sandwich Islands. Assuming that Morell did not invent the experience, a possible explanation is that he witnessed a superior mirage. Pacific and home. On March 19 Morell, bade farewell to the cheerless shores of New South Greenland, and sailed away from the Antarctic never to return. The remaining stages of the voyage are uncontroversial, involving a year-long cruise in the Pacific Ocean. This took Wasp to the Galapagos Islands and also to the island of Massa Tierra where, a century earlier, the Scottish seaman Alexander Selkirk had been marooned, providing the inspiration for the Robinson Crusoe story. Wasp returned to New York in May 1824. There, he found that his wife whom he had married in 1819, not named in any accounts of Morell's life or career, and his two small children, likewise unnamed, had all died. He quickly married his 15-year-old cousin, Abigail Jane Wood. Second Voyage. North and South Pacific. For his second voyage Morell took charge of a new ship, Tartar, which sailed from New York on July 19, 1824 for the Pacific Ocean. In the next two years Tartar first explored the American coastline from the Straits of Magellan to Cape Blanco. He then sailed westward to the islands of Hawaii, known at that time as the Sandwich Islands, where Captain James Cook had met his death nearly 40 years earlier. Thereafter Tartar returned to the American coast and tracked slowly southwards back to the Straits of Magellan. Among the events witnessed and recorded in Morell's journal were the siege of Calo, the main port of Peru, by Simón Bolívar's liberators, and a spectacular volcanic eruption on Fernandina Island in the Galapagos archipelago, which Tartar visited during February 1825. Fernandina, then known as Narborough Island, exploded on February 14. In Morell's words, the heavens appeared to be one blaze of fire, intermingling with millions of falling stars and meteors, while the flames shot upward from the peak of Narborough to the height of at least 2,000 feet. Morell reports that the air temperature reached 123 degrees Fahrenheit, and as Tartar approached the river of lava flowing into the sea, the water temperature rose to 150 degrees Fahrenheit. Some of the crew collapsed in the heat. Morell also records how a hunting trip ashore in California led to a skirmish with the locals which turned into a full-scale battle ending, he says, 
with 17 natives dead and seven of Tartar's men wounded. Morel claims that he was among the casualties, with an arrow in his thigh. Of a visit to San Francisco Morel writes, The inhabitants are principally Mexicans and Spaniards who are very indolent and consequently very filthy. After revisiting the Galapagos Islands and gathering a harvest of fur seal and terrapin, Tartar began a slow journey home on October 13, 1825. As they left the Pacific Morel claimed to have personally inspected and identified every danger existing along the American Pacific coast. Tartar finally reached New York Harbor on May 8, 1826 with a main cargo of 6,000 fur seals. This haul did not please Morel's employers, who had evidently expected rather more. The reception I met from my owners was cold and repulsive, he wrote. The Tartar did not return home laden with silver and gold, and therefore my toils and dangers counted for nothing. Third Voyage. West African Coast. In 1828 Morel was engaged by Messrs. Christian Berg and Company to take command of the schooner Antarctic. Antarctic left New York on June 25, 1828, bound for Western Africa. During the following months Morel carried out an extensive survey of the African coast between the Cape of Good Hope and Benguela, and led several short excursions inland. He was impressed by the commercial potential of this coast, recording that many kinds of skins may be procured about here, including those of the leopard, fox, bullock, together with ostrich feathers and valuable minerals. At Ikebo Island he discovered huge deposits of guano, 25 feet thick. In the face of such opportunity he records his belief that a $30,000 investment would produce in two years a profit, from 10 to 1500 percent. During the voyage Morel experienced several encounters with the slave trade, first at the Cape Verde Islands, then a center for the trade because of its geographical position in relation to the Americas, Europe and Africa. He found the slaves' conditions wretched, but was impressed by their passion for music which, he thought, can alleviate even the pangs caused by the galling fetters of slavery. Later in the voyage he witnessed what he describes as, horrid barbarity, including the spectacle of two women slaves in their death agonies as a result of floggings. A lengthy soliloquy in his journal on the evils of slavery concludes, that he did not think fit to enter into any engagement with him. Thwarted in London, Morel turned his attention to France. He had heard that Derville was organizing an expedition to the Antarctic, and on June 20, 1837, wrote to the French Geographical Society in Paris to offer his services. I will engage to place the proud banner of France ten degrees nearer the pole than any other banner has ever been planted, providing I can obtain the command of a small schooner. Properly manned and equipped. His offer was declined. Morel was by now regarded as a fraud in France as well as in Britain and America. It is not known how Morel supported himself during his months in London. It is possible that Abbey sent him funds from America. Somehow. In the autumn of 1837 he made his way to Havana in Cuba, after which his movements are unclear. It appears that he eventually obtained command of a vessel, possibly the Christine, and that he sailed in September 1838, probably planning a return to the Pacific. He got no further than Mozambique on the East African coast, his ship was wrecked, and Morel was stranded ashore. He is reported to have died, either of fever or during an insurrection, in late 1838 or early 1839. This story is complicated by an alternative account indicating that Christine was wrecked a year later, early in 1840, although whether Morel was alive and in command by that date is unrecorded. Christine was known as a slave ship, which raises the possibility that in his final years Morel was engaged with the slave trade. Fairhead suggests an alternative hypothesis, that Morel staged his death in Mozambique, to evade Margaret Oakley's insurers.
In this scenario he may have escaped to South America and lived out his days there. A letter dated August 11, 1843, to the editor of the New York Commercial Advertiser and signed, Morell, could, Fairhead maintains, only have been written by someone with intimate knowledge of the Oakley voyage. Fairhead offers no explanation why Morell, if alive, should break his silence other than, perhaps, like many criminals, he could not resist flaunting himself. There is little documented history for Abbey Morell after 1838. Two records, respectively dated 1841 and 1850, place her in New York, but details of her life and eventual death are unknown. Assessment Despite Morell's exposure as a fraud, following the Margaret Oakley debacle, his contemporaries did not uniformly denounce him. To some, he was the biggest liar in the Pacific, while Derville, who had earlier warmly praised Morell's Four Voyages account, turned on the American and accused him of fabricating many of his supposed discoveries. However, Jeremiah Reynolds, who had expressed skepticism over the narrative, included Morell's Pacific discoveries in his report to Congress a report in relation to islands, reefs, and shoals in the Pacific Ocean. This, says Simpson Housley, was surely a compliment to the otherwise disgraced navigator. Later commentators and historians have tended to assess his career with a degree of sympathy. Hugh Robert Mill of the Royal Geographical Society, writing in 1905, considered that a man may be ignorant and boastful, yet still do solid work. Mill thought Morell intolerably vain, and as great a braggart as any hero of autobiographical romance, but still found the narrative itself, most entertaining. Rupert Gould, writing in 1928, thought that Morell may have been boastful and self-aggrandizing, but that did not make him a deliberate liar. Gould points to the accurate information provided by Morell on the discovery of the guano deposits on Ikebo Island, which laid the foundations of a flourishing industry. William Mills, a much more recent commentator, echoes the view that, something may be salvaged from Morell's account, although much of it must be discarded. In regard to the Antarctic discoveries, which are Mills's particular concern, he points out that these are given no special emphasis. Morell does not seem to regard the Antarctic expedition as particularly remarkable, and the discovery of New South Greenland is not claimed by Morell himself but is credited to Captain Johnson in 1821. In the preface to his Four Voyages book, Morell admits that he incorporated the experiences of others into his account. Paul Simpson Housley suggests that as well as adapting Weddell's narrative as his own experience, Morell may have taken the details of his 1823 visit to Bouvet Island from the records of an 1825 visit by Captain George Norris. As a reminder of Morell's brief Antarctic exploits, Morell Island, at 59 degrees 27, s, 27 degrees 19, w, is an alternative name for Thule Island in the southern Thule subgroup of the South Sandwich Islands. During his Pacific travels Morell encountered groups of islands that were not on his charts, treated them as new discoveries and named them after various New York acquaintances, Westervilt, Berg, Livingstone, Skitty. One was named, Young William Group, after Morell's infant son. None of these names appear in modern maps, although the, Livingstone Group, has been identified with Namonuito Atoll, and, Berg's Group, with the Chook Islands. Stay tuned.